I know because I've been on a few with you that you're a massive fan of the conferences and the ones that you've been on have been a lot of fun for me. What's been some of your favourite destinations when it comes to going to conferences? I'm going to say the Gold Coast one at Tweed Heads. And I'm, going, I'm saying that because we won the dress-up. And I know the dress-up's you know, a very important part of conference. <laughs> but I reckon the dress-up that we did that year was one of the best. Can you remind the, the theme for our the listeners? The theme was gold. We went as trophies. And it was very, you know, we, our props were limited. It didn't cost us a lot of money. And we all painted ourselves gold and we had milk cartons to stand on and we all went as different sports. And it was... It was a, I reckon it was one of the best ones. So I was quite proud of that one. Yep. I thought we did a good job of that. Nothing like a win to bring oh, it to exactly. the top of the, <laughs> to the list. That's right. So, no, no, so Gold Coast was good. Um, I actually only, I've, oh, I've probably only been on the last eight, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the first one was Sanctuary Cove. Is it Sanctuary Cove? Curran Cove? Did you go to Curran Cove? Uh, no, we went, Stradbroke, oh, sorry, Stradbroke. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That one. So that was the first one. It was a bit of an eye opener. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I've loved it. Look, it's such a great thing to be able to catch up with the rest of the Brown family, you know, workers, the reps. Yeah, always good. Yep. Yeah, always good. Get to, get to, you know, I must admit, get to eat out at some special places and special destinations. Although I did miss, I didn't go to Darwin, I didn't go to Port Douglas, but uh, yeah, it's always good fun. Absolutely. Well, I did a little bit of digging. Just asking a few of the colleagues that have been around for a, for a few years as, and uh, sort of said, oh, what's some of your memories of Neil? And consistently came back one no. of the dress-up themes, Neil. It was a, a conference that was here in Wangaratta and we had to get some sort of dance together as part of the dress-up. Do, do you want to have a guess at what it might have been? The, oh, I think I probably know what it is. It'll be, yes. Yeah, know, I'm sure I know what it well, is. You reveal to our listeners what it was and then I'll, I'll try and describe oh. the outfit. <laughs> I'm assuming it had something to do with Kath and Kim. Didn't it did. Oh, yes, it did, kind of, funnily enough. <laughs> um, yes, it, it was. And for, for the listeners that weren't at that conference, because I'm pretty sure that everyone that was still has that image etched in their brain. Not a nice image, I know. Oh, it was fine. It was fine. So, Neil had a shirt that maybe got close to his belly button but not quite covered his belly button, a <laughs> pair of jeans that didn't quite get to the top of um, his uh, behind area, a G-string that was uh, hanging out over the top of the said jeans and, and a nice long sort of wig and uh, it was a black, sight black to wig. see. And the dance... Um, most of the people that I spoke to recalled some sort of activity around the board who had to judge the dancing. And um, do you want to describe what that might have been? Uh, I, well, I, I think the piece that you're alluding to <laughs> was actually when we were announced the winners. And you know, as I was in character, I was a little bit overwhelmed. So we made our way to the stage and Sandy was presenting... I don't know whether it was a trophy. I can't quite remember. I don't think it was. He was just presenting the winners. So, Neil, that's Sandy Clark, who and, is our mm, old chairman of the board, correct. right? Yes. Yeah. Just clarifying. <laughs> Thank you. So, and being in Millerwar, I can remember down on those front tables were, you know, a lot of family members, I must say, John Andrews, Cynthia, lots of, yeah, anyway. So I went up and then... 
Unfortunately, Sandy asked me a couple of questions, how I felt about winning, blah, 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 and I got a little bit excited, carried away, and I gave him a hug. I think that's what you could call it. <laughs> Some people might say it was something different, but I think it was a hug. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> hug with said knee lift. Oh. <laughs> As you said, I was in character. In character, very much. And that's what we love about you, Neil. You always live the moment, live the character at conference and has, have given many people a lot of uh, laughter and pleasure for that. So thank you very much for that. <laughs> oh, that's okay. It's embarrassing the next morning when I saw Sandy at breakfast, I must say. The first thing I did was go and apologise. <laughs> but he took it very well. <laughs> Neil, you know, Judy Brown, dress-ups is her favourite part of conference and she still talks to this day about you dressing up as Kim. So it's etched in her memory forever. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know whether that's a good legacy, but anyway, I think I've... (laughs) So, Neil, tell us a little bit about your family. You did mention Kay when you were talking about travelling overseas, who's your beautiful wife. Um, You've also got three kids, Alex, Rose and Grace. Tell us a little bit about your family life. Okay, yeah, so married to Kay, so we've been married coming up 27 years, I think. Kay and I met, funny story actually, the first time Kay and I met was I was giving away a friend at her wedding, so I was giving her away because she didn't get on with her dad or something like that. Kay was a bridesmaid, they had to get together where the bridesmaids and all that sort of stuff get together and I happened to go along. Anyway, we'd all had quite a few drinks and Kay said, First thing she said to me, I love you, I'm going to marry you one day. And I said, what? I said, don't be so silly, you know. Anyway, that's, it's always been something we've laughed about, and, you know, probably 10 years later, it was a long time later, here we are, we ended up getting married. We've always, we'd always kept in touch and yet we, we'd been out, went out together and we travelled overseas together. Kay stayed overseas, I came home and we caught up again, and yeah, and we got married. She was right, as always. Yeah. <laughs> as always. So, yep, we got married, we got three great kids. Alex is, uh, let's see, 28, Rose is 25, Grace is 23. Again, we grew up, you know, kids grew up, played sport, did all that sort of thing. One thing I will say as far as Brown Family Wine Group is concerned, which was great, was all the kids had an opportunity to work here while they were going through high school and doing their gap year. Each of them, I think Alex worked in packaging during his gap year. Grace did packaging. Grace and Rose both did vintage. So Rose, Rose was led astray during her vintage. By a, one of the brown girls, correct. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so that was a wonderful thing. Yeah, we've, yeah, we've just had a good family life. Kay's probably... We've now got a few acres out of town. We've got a little B&B, so that keeps us busy. Kay is probably the, uh, she's the ideas person as far as all that goes. The driver, like her, you know, probably her dream for the farm, which has been fantastic. So I'm I'm the farm hand. <laughs> Kay, Kay knows what should be done and when it should be done and all that sort of stuff. And she grew up, she grew up on a farm in New South Wales. So that's been fantastic because that's something I would never, ever have thought I would be doing is you know, driving around on a tractor on the weekend, feeding cows and doing things like that. So that's been, been great. We both, both love it. So that keeps our weekends busy. And I guess we're probably looking forward to maybe uh, you know, in the next 10 years hopefully being able to spend a bit more time doing that and a bit more travel and things like that. 
Neil, I do know from a source that you actually use that tractor riding time to listen to the podcast. I do. Yeah, it's perfect. Hooray! (laughs) Great. I get out on the tractor, put my headphones in, listen to you guys. Don't know whether I'll be listening to this one, but (laughs) you'll have to. to. (laughs) And you've probably alluded to it already, Neil, but outside of work, what's important to you? I guess it is, you know, everyone, I know everyone says family. Obviously, it is important to all of us. That is, that's certainly the main driver. So just making sure the kids are all happy and healthy, not that you can always um, make that happen, but helping them out where we can. You know, it's been great staying involved with them. A little bit difficult at the moment with COVID-19, as we all know. Yeah, it's it's just about that. You know, I think the best thing is that they're always happy to come home. They're always happy to come home, bring their friends home, and they've always done that. So to me, that's happening. You know, we've done something right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's fantastic. So, Neil, we're drawing to a conclusion now and we've got some questions that we ask all of our interviewees, so we're just going to roll through those with you as well. So you mentioned that you travelled a lot. Can you remember a funny or a weird story while you were travelling? There's plenty. Probably got a, I've got a couple I've sort of thought of. One was when we came, and I, this is only probably five or six years ago, we were going to Germany, so you know, we're on the plane, get off, in Munich, had some friends there. We'd had an exchange student. We were going to stay with his mum and dad. So we got off the plane. We're in, you know, waiting to go through customs. And I'd said before we, you know, we were getting off and got our bags. You know, I'm saying, okay, now have you got the, have you got the passports? And you got this? And I said, no, no. He said, have you got the passports? And I said, yeah, yeah, I've got them. It's all right. I'll look after it. Just leave it with me. Anyway, I had that. And then standing around waiting, and I thought, oh, I'd better go to the toilet. And I, really, and I had this little travel bag with me, and off I go to the toilet. Went Fan, to the toilet. Fanny pack? Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it was a hand one. You know, stick under, oh, your, under oh, yeah. your arm type yeah, yeah. thing. <laughs> anyway, off I go, I go to the toilet, went to the toilet, come back standing there, and we're talking, and Kay said, oh, you got the, you got the passports? And I said, no, you've got them. She said, no, you, you wouldn't give them to me. I said, oh. I said, oh, no. I said, I've left it in the toilet. Oh, no. And I thought, oh, my God. So I had to go back into the toilets, into the cubicle that I'd gone into. I had to knock on the door and say, oh, excuse me. And I said, uh, oh, are you looking for a thing? And I said, yes. And I'd left it on top of the toilet. Anyway, I stood there waiting for this guy to finish it. That brought it out and gave it to me. (laughs) Off we went. But it was another moment there where, you know, no, no, I've got it under control. <laughs> but wasn't the case. <laughs> so hand over all responsibility to Kay. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Good day, everyone. Marcel here, introducing the brand new Brown Brothers Winemaker Series range. This range is born out of our micro winery, The Kindergarten, which was built in the 1980s and has been the spiritual home of innovation and trial ever since. It's where you'll find our team of winemakers tinkering away after hours on the next wave of varieties and techniques. The hand-selected first release includes three premium wines. All three are now live to purchase online, with the Tempranillo Graciano also hitting shelves in ED and the Indies. In our first release, you can find a beautiful 2018 Tempranillo and Graciano blend, a marriage between two classic Spanish grapes. Tempranillo and Graciano is a classic Rioja blend combining rich bramble fruits with savoury spice. 
aged in oak for 12 months with peak drinking until 2024. Enjoy this wine with Spanish tapas, spicy chorizo, olives and anchovies. Secondly, we've got a single vineyard 2018 Heathcote Shiraz. Even our winemakers have favourites. This single vineyard Shiraz from Heathcote is a powerful and generous wine with rich dark berry flavours, plenty of spice and long fine tannins for a smooth finish. Try it with aged pecorino or a spicy meatball pasta. Made in the kindergarten winery by winemaker Jeff Alexander, who says this wine displays some of the best attributes that the Heathcote region has to offer. Aromatic and spicy with a rich depth of flavour and approachable tannins. A wine that showcases Heathcote as one of the finest red wine regions in Victoria. And lastly, Fiano, which has been launched on-premise and through our cellar door initially. Made from 100% King Valley fruit, our inaugural Fiano is a complex expression of floral, spicy aromas with citrus notes and a long finish. Aromatic and dry, this brilliant wine has been made to drink young. It's brilliant with battered whiting fillets with a squeeze of lemon over the top. Jump onto the website and check out these great wines today. Thanks, guys. Well, another one. Just a few years ago, I went to... Just by chance, Grace was going to India and I decided I'd go and meet her and spend five days with her. So I flew into Delhi and I had three days to spend by myself. Flew, flew into Delhi, got the plane and I, I'd booked, I tried to book a tour but I ended up getting this, all I could get was a personal driver. So I had my personal driver, he met me, blah, blah, blah. So he picked me up, took me to the hotel, stayed at this hotel which is in the middle of nowhere it was weird anyway i stayed there for the night he was going to come back and pick me up in the morning next morning this bloke turns up it was a different fellow but anyway he picked <laughs> me up and we were doing a tour around delhi going to all the temples and shrines so we went to this hindu temple it was first thing in the morning we got there about nine o'clock drove in they checked under the car all that sort of stuff security i got out of the car you know he had a little white sedan I got out of the car, walked in, and they said, oh, no cameras, no telephone, all that sort of stuff for security. Oh, okay. So I thought, I had my backpack with me. So I said, okay, I better take it back. So I went back to my driver, said, oh, I've got to, I'll leave this here. Yep, okay. So I left the bag there. Go back, get in, get security check, go through. Walk in, I get through the gates, and I'm starting to wander around. It was a massive temple. And I'm walking around now, sort of stopped, and I thought, oh, my God. I haven't got a phone, I haven't got my passport because I left everything in the bag and just put it back in this car. I've got nothing <laughs> on me that tells me tells anyone who I am. I've got no idea where I'm staying. <laughs> well, and I just had one of those moments where I broke out in the sweat and I thought, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And I thought, oh, from here I may as well just carry on. I'll have a look around. Look around. So I spent about an hour, an hour and a half going around this place it was amazing. And then I walked out, I go back to the car, and I walked out and there it was a massive car park and there was just a sea of white cars. cars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, what am I going to do? Where was he? Didn't, you know, and I panicked, of course. And anyway, then it I took me about half an hour. I had to walk up and down all these rows of cars until I found this guy and he was asleep, you know, in the front seat. Thank God, you know, but it was one of those, how can you be oh so bloody gosh. stupid? Yeah. <laughs> I was, I got through it. At least grab your passport next exactly. time. Yeah. <laughs> I've got one more. Oh, go. One more. Awesome. This is Kay and I, when we went, went to, and this is back in 1989, obviously we went to the UK, we travelled around for a while, then we decided to go to Egypt and we'd go heading off to Europe. And I got a letter from my mum. You know, and in those days you had to go to the walkabout club or something like that to get your mail. You know, I had the mail. 
And in there, she said something about, oh, a friend had called in here and said, if you're in Greece, you know, tell the kids they can come and see me. Anyway, I knew this guy. He lived up in Rose River. I'd heard of him. I didn't really know him. And the letter said, oh, go go to the island of Lefkada and a town called Nidri and go to Nick the Greeks and ask for Jeff. And you think, seriously, Nick the Greek? How's this going to work? And ask for Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what the message was. And in, in the end, we got to Greece and we thought, oh, what are we going to do? We thought, oh, well, yeah, bugger, we'll try this. So we found our way to this island, got there. There was a restaurant called Nick the Greeks, walked in there, said, oh, do you know an Australian guy called Jeff? Oh, yeah, 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 I know Jeff, you know. Anyway, this guy turned up and we had 10 days on a yacht cruising around the islands just off uh, down below Corfu. Uh, I think it's Corfu? Yeah, on, yeah, so it was just amazing. <laughs> the best time. <laughs> oh, glad, so glad good. You looked up, glad, glad you looked, you looked up, up Jeff. Jeff Nick the Greek. <laughs> yeah. So, Neil, we ask this to everybody as well and you'll have to cast your mind back quite some time. <laughs> Do you remember what wine you first tried? I, I don't remember what variety it was, surprisingly enough. You know, I can, I can tell you when it was, though. Back in the day, when I was, I would have only been 16, I suppose, but the footy club used to have wine and cheese nights. Wow. <laughs> and Fancy. You know, you know who yeah, used, progressive. You know who used to run it? Probably my dad. Uh, John C. Brown. Really? And Tom Seabrook. Wow. Wow. Because Tom lived in... Up above Whitfield. Oh. Uh, Got the royalty out for the tasting. And his son played footy, Cameron. Cameron played footy at um, King Valley. So they used to have the wine and cheese nights and they were, they were hosting it and there wasn't much appreciation from what I can remember <laughs> of, of red wine. I just have a memory of everyone being very, very drunk by the end of the night and I can remember <laughs> them doing an auction and auctioning off the carafes and the olives and the cheese and all that stuff that was left over. Um, <laughs> and I reckon there might have been some crocs, crocs in that too. But it was, I definitely think I would have, I snuck a little bit of red wine. I can't say I enjoyed it in those days. But yes, that's my first memory of uh, red, of wine. <laughs> uh, so good. I think everyone has a, has a memory of wine around that age, whether it's a good <laughs> one or a bad one. Um, and what about your favourite wine currently within our portfolio? My favourite wine I go to would be the Temp Graciano. Yeah, just love it. It's just easy drinking, and it's always nice to have that have that at home. And you know, whatever you're having for dinner, pizza, anything like that. Yep, I I like that. Also, the Montepulciano. I don't mind that, and I love the SMC. But it snuck out of my price range. <laughs> I can remember the good old days yeah. you know, when it was uh, $35 a bottle or something. But I must admit, and I've still got a little bit of those older vintages, I think 2008 and maybe 2003, four, 2008, four, 2004. Yeah, yeah. Four. But I know I've still got some of the 2008 and, yeah, it's love it. Beautiful. That Tempranillo Graciano is brilliant because whether, you, whether you've got it on your own and you're just enjoying a nice, easy drink, or you're bringing people over. If they like big, rich wines, they'll still enjoy it. If they like lighter wines, they enjoy it. It's, it's just got something for everyone. I totally. think it's a brilliant wine. And the fact that it's something different, like it's not a just a Shiraz or a Cabernet or something. It's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
And what about outside of our portfolio? What do you find yourself gravitating to? Well, funnily, I like to keep it local. So I quite like Delzado's. I don't mind the Delzies, they're Barbera actually. And Redfeet. The Redfeet, Tempranillo and their Shiraz, or Syrah, they're, they're, they're really good wines too. Nice one. Supporting local, good on you. Yeah, exactly. Neil, so no doubt working in customer service, you've um, heard some pretty weird and wacky and wonderful things over the phone or through notes or emails that you've received. Do you have any particular stories that you wanted to tell us today? Uh, look, there's, there is lots and it was really hard to, uh, I really struggled to come up with something here. It's always, yeah, it always sort of blows me away, but we did have a couple of years ago, kept it this bloke and I reckon every time he rang up he did, had too much to drink or whatever but he 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 bought a lot of wine and he was from Mount Martha I can't remember his name but he would he was ordering you know good quality wines on probably Patricia's and it was at a time it was in summer and the, the temperature was 35 getting up to 40 degrees he'd put his order in he'd ring up and then he'd say oh I think it's too hot today I don't want you to send it and I'd say, well, what? you know, we've sent you wine. He goes, oh, I'm not going to accept it, you know, I think it'll get heat. And we went on for weeks and weeks and weeks. I'm doing my best to try and think, oh, I'll hold on to it for a couple of weeks before we get out of the heat wave. And he just would not leave me alone. And then he'd get it, didn't want to accept it. And then he was sort of my best friend after that. And he'd just always ring me up. And, yeah, I just could it was just difficult. But he was a good... Good customer, he bought a lot of wine, so always you know tried to do the right thing by him. It's funny because it's usually the people that you end up having to go out of your way to do things for are the ones that you know probably do, do the complaining or the that sort of thing. It's a sort of squeaky yep. wheel gets all the attention. Type <laughs> yeah, stuff. absolutely. Sure. <laughs> there is a nice lady in Melbourne that rings up every year, Mrs. Fry, her name is. So she always rings up because she wants to send. You know, I was Crystal whether she's related to her, actually. She always rings up because she wants to order a dozen bottles of wine to go to um, a real estate agent in Benalla or must look after her property or something like that. So she rings every year and, oh, what would you suggest and that sort of stuff and you know, <laughs> give her a dozen bottles. and Yeah, so there's some lovely people out there too. And I must admit there's lots of, you know, there's lots of stuff that comes through with about how great our wines are, you know, where they've... You know, there's always a question I found. Oh, I found this. And they, these usually go to Harry. Yeah. You know, oh, I found a bottle of uh, Moscato in my grandfather's, you know, cupboard. <laughs> what's, um, what's it worth? What's it worth? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you get all those, you know. But there is some great stories come back that where they've opened something from the Everton Hills, for example, oh, yeah. or things like that, and they just write in and say how fantastic the wines are. Yeah. I thought you were going to bring up that one where that person sent us back a bottle of uh, an empty bottle that had like full grapes in the bottom of the bottle and said, oh, I don't know uh, if this is normal, but I found full grapes in the bottle. Can I get a refund oh, or no. a replacement? Or <laughs> people, people are amazing. You know, the <laughs> amount of times I've got a live spider in there or I've got a live this one. Seriously, you know, I'm sure it didn't just fall into your glass or yeah. anyway. <laughs> We deal with those uh, on a weekly basis, usually. Very professionally, too, oh, I found course. out. So. Yeah, of 
Thanks so much, Neil. We've really loved finding out more about you today and also um, a bit more behind the scenes in your department in customer service. Now, I think there was one last story that you wanted to tell us, and I think it was about Patricia Brown, because I know you really loved listening to the Patricia podcast a few weeks ago. Yes, I have got a story. This goes back to 2004, I think it was, and Kay's a nurse. She's always worked night duty, and she was working at the private hospital at the time in Wengrata. Mrs Brown obviously had been had been in hospital at the time and she came home and she said, oh my God, she said, I've just found, I found this note at work last night on the fridge. And I said, oh, okay. And she said, oh, it's from Mrs Brown. And I said, oh, okay. So anyway, I'll, I will read it to you because I, I think it's just lovely. And it was a thank you note and it said, God helps those who help themselves. God help those caught helping themselves. Dear ice cream owner, I helped myself to your ice cream. It was just what the doctor ordered. If you ring me on 57273543, I'll shout you a drink. Thank you, Pat B. I thought that was lovely. <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah. So that she stole is... ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Got the old five-finger discount, and yeah. <laughs> but then felt guilty and yeah. sent a letter to... <laughs> yeah. out, out of the staff room or the, the, you know, the patient's community area with a fridge that was a ripper oh that's uh, brilliant that's so good <laughs> that's a lovely story thank you neil so neil any final words i know it's been a pretty challenging time for you and your team over the last few months any final words before we wrap this up oh i guess it's the covid 19 thing that's on everyone's mind these days and it's been a big change for all of us yeah, it's made life a little bit interesting in customer service because, you know, the phones haven't sort of stopped ringing. They've probably been ringing more, I think, since this has happened. And luckily enough, we've still been really busy and we've had lots of lots of orders and as we can, you know, the sales have been pretty good. The Woolworths and Coles of the world have been amazing and it's been nuts with them. Like, they've just been ordering and... So we've been really busy. I must admit I've been amazed at how good my team have been able to cope with working from home and um, still getting all their orders in and things like that and dealing with kids and homeschooling and that sort of thing, which you've been through, Harry. And I've been, I think I've been lucky anyway, I've been lucky enough to still come into the office every day. So I must admit to start with being here on my own, I thought, this is nice, yep, <laughs> love this. But after a while, I think... You know, I've got a few crystals been back for a little while. So it's been actually nice to have people back in and Harry when he comes in and things like that. So it's been interesting, but they have done an amazing job to be able to do their own jobs in their home, manage their home lives too. I keep saying I think I've been lucky because I still get a weekend. I think sometimes if you're working at home, your sort of working week just rolls into the weekend, and especially when we haven't been able to go anywhere or see people and things like that. Yeah, that's been a challenge, and I suppose it'll be it'll be a challenge when we come out of it too, or who knows when that's going to be. But it'll be a bit of a a new working world when we come through this. But everyone's done a great job, as have you on this podcast. Thank you so much, Neil. That's been brilliant. Thank you very much. Thanks, Harry. Thanks, Carolyn. Thanks so much, Neil. We've loved hearing from you. How good was that, everyone? If you have any feedback for us at The Ferment, please send us an email, theferment at brownfwg.com.au. Also, don't forget to check out our Tasting Note podcast. Thanks for listening to The Ferment, everyone. Stay safe out there, chase hard, look out for each other.